Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, May 13, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have a snapback. We have a dead cat bounce. We have a relief rally. We have a number of things we're looking on the chart at. What jumps off the daily chart? Well, They hit the 50-period moving average, and they bounced off. Period. Full stop. That's the way I'm looking at the daily chart for now. From here, it's rather simple. Let's talk about the southern side. Let's talk about the northern side. So the southern side is right here. You get below on hourly closes, intraday, and then a daily close, and the selling resumes. Now, obviously, it resumes before you get there because it already resumed when you get there. But there's a difference between running a test of the 50-period moving average again, running a test of yesterday's lows somewhere in the neighborhood, and then breaking the lows. Those are two different things. Running a test happens all the time. That's how the market works. It runs a series of tests. If you fail the test, it's a rejection. If you pass the test, you bust through. That's the way it works. Are there other areas from an intraday perspective that we would want to know about that would give us the hint that we're going to at least run a test of the lows? And the answer is absolutely yes, and certainly inside the numbers members always have those numbers at their disposal. Let's talk what's going on up north. So first, we'll focus on the most recent breakdown candle. It's right here. It's yesterday's candle. So what did they do today? They ran a test of the high of the breakdown candle. Did they not? Do we talk about that just about every single day? Do they do that over and over and over again? Do they do it all the time? Is it garden variety? Are we surprised? Yes, it is garden variety, and no, we're not surprised. Now, we'll do a little exercise because we want to know, A, what it's going to take to go higher, and B, if they do go higher, where are some of those spots? So I put a horizontal trend line at 412.59, which happens to be the breakdown candle high from yesterday, 412.59. Here's an hourly chart. So inside the numbers members, we're shown this chart intraday because after the morning breakup candle was formed, what did they do? They started eating time off the clock and they ran a test, not of the low, but they began to go toward the low They reversed, but they ran a test somewhere in the vicinity of the lows, or at least in the lower, let's call it, one-third portion of that candle. There's no hard and fast rule, what constitutes test, how low can they go, what's not a test, what is a test. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying they went down there, they reversed, they're in the process of eating time off the clock inside the breakup candle. That's it. Now, the question is, Were they rejected from 412.59 or are they simply still eating time off the clock? Well, we would like to say yes or no, there are or are not eating time off the clock, but the answer is they ran out of time and we don't know what's going to happen when they open up the market tomorrow. So what we do know is when they open up on Friday, if they're still inside the low of this breakup candle, 407.02, then technically they're still eating time off the clock inside the breakup candle. If they open below, I would look out below. 
that would be the first hint of either a test or a breakthrough of the lows. Now keep in mind, tomorrow is Friday. The weekly close across all these markets is very important. We looked at the charts last night. We'll look at the SPY again. And just to get a sense for, and we can see, we want to either get a sense or confirm one way or the other. The line in the sand, at least from where I sit, is last week's low. We used last week's low a number of times intraday inside the numbers members will remember that. And it's also very important if they close inside or outside of last week's low. So that's one of the things I'm watching Friday's close in this market. Let's get back to some what ifs. What if they get above and start closing candles above 412.59? What happens if they open above there tomorrow morning, Friday morning? Well, then the first order of business would be to fill the gap right here. But would that really be the only reason for them to be up there? They could have done that today if they wanted to. It looks like they're in the same place, but they're not. That gap happens to be at 413.10. Some traders will want to use 414 and change as the gap. Either way, if they open above 412.59, what we have to consider is a different gap. We have to consider 418. 417.94 is the number. We'll call it 418. Also, there's a 20-period moving average. Can we expect, if we have a bullish market on Friday, can we expect them running a test of the 20-period moving average? These are the areas up north that we have to be concerned with. Friday morning, inside the numbers members, will certainly have refined stuff. But from a 30,000-foot view the night before, that's what we're looking at up north. That's what we're looking at down south. Now, just to take a few day out viewpoint, let's just say for argument's sake, the market doesn't go down tomorrow. Let's just say it opens relatively positive or flat on Monday and it continues. Whether they fill this gap or not is irrelevant. We have a couple of possibilities. One possibility is they build a flag pattern. They build one of those bear flag patterns, right? We don't know that yet. It's only been one day down here and another day inside the first or breakdown candle. So we have this down move, and if they did that, they would be doing one of these. Now, we don't know what will happen. This is a possibility. It's a what if. You have to come to the game prepared. You have to play the umpire calling balls and strikes. You've got to know both sides of the tape. What are the possibilities? What have we seen the market do before? Well, what's another thing we've seen them do in these situations before? Instead of a flag pattern, how about a wedge formation? Keep in mind, this is like one big down move. It's like one big breakdown candle. So think about it in terms of them climbing up the big breakdown candle, and that's hypothetical, right? It's not really one big breakdown candle. I'm just getting you to visualize the fact that if they climb up a little bit and run a test of the 20-period moving average or fill the gap over here, it's still really one of these. And it's nothing other than a wedge formation. Could be an A, which is down, B, which is up, and a C leg, which would complete below the low of the initial leg down, which is the A leg. So there's a lot of different possibilities, and we don't know, but that's why we have to go over them all. Couple of other things from a big picture perspective that we want to discuss. How does this work? We know when the market gets in corrective phases, 
we get big swings in both directions. We talk about that ad nauseum. Well, guess what? Today, we had one of those big swings in the other direction. Where did it find resistance? It, meaning the market, at yesterday's breakdown candle high. It's not really a wonder. If, in fact, we are in a corrective phase in the market, then it's a sell-the-rip environment versus a buy-the-dip environment. Now, you'll say, well, today it was certainly buy-the-dip. Yeah, we get rip-your-face-off rallies in the midst of a corrective phase. The market goes down, rips your face off back up. Goes down again, rips your face back off. Like it or not, that's just the way it works. Now, today, we're going to do something just slightly different. I've got a fantastic conspiracy theory. From time to time, we come up with these. I don't know which number we're on. Maybe we're on 6 or 7.0, but this one's a little bit out in left field. But remember, inside my head is a dangerous place to be. Before we get into it, and I just wanted to wet your whistle a little bit, let's review inside the numbers. We'll run through the commentary. We'll review stocks on the move, and then we'll get back to the conspiracy theory. And by the way, there's a method to the madness because while we're discussing the conspiracy theory, it's going to give us an opportunity to run through a lot of different charts. So we'll use it as a learning opportunity. I think it's going to be a really great exercise. Happy Thursday. They tried to rally him last night, but when the clock struck midnight, they fell right out of bed. That's pretty much what happened. The market was going up, and right around the turn of the next day of today, they just went right back down, and they continued lower. But we know about the thieves in the night. And it's more than just thieves in the night. And you'll see this when we get through inside the numbers. But look at the SPY daily chart. And you'll see we didn't make a new low. Today wasn't even close. But the futures chart did make a new low. They killed them before the opening bell and reversed them. Let's see if we could find midnight was right about here. So that's double zero. So midnight, they killed them. So they tried to rally them from yesterday's low. And they couldn't get above what? This breakdown candle high. Funny how that works again, isn't it? And then they just sent them lower to make a new low. But what time was this? This was 5 o'clock in the morning. Guess what? 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. And by the time the opening bell rings, they're already taking off. On one hand, it's the thieves in the night. On the other hand, wait till we get back to inside the numbers and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. So let's go to the early thoughts from a big picture perspective. Now let's think about this. It's about eight o'clock in the morning, maybe 7.30, something like that. You gotta put some thoughts on the board. What's the day look like from this point of view right now? It's a real-time business. When things change, you have to change with the times. When the market changes, you have to change. That's what most traders don't understand. You would be surprised, you would be shocked at somebody who'll send me an email that says, hey, like three weeks ago, you said this, and then something different happened. Well, the facts changed. The market did something different. It began to change. It wasn't the same setup. Therefore, what I said changed because the market changed or the chart changed. Here's an example. Let's say we have one of these bear flag things going on. But all of a sudden, the market starts to rise, so we say, hey, it still could be a wedge pattern. That's the risk in these flag patterns is they could begin to climb up the breakdown candle. As long as they don't get above the top and close candles above the top, they're okay to go back down at some point in time. 
So here's the deal. That's the story now. But if they start closing up here, then the story is no longer they're going down. The story is they're releasing the same energy back to the upside. When the facts change, the story has to change. It's a side note for the people that don't understand that. We've got an official pickup in volatility, which is unlikely to go away anytime soon. Now we have to be aware and prepared for big swings in both directions. Sometimes it'll look like the market's getting killed in the pre-market, then by the opening bell, they'll turn it green and conduct a rip-your-face-off rally, sticking it to the shorts. This one is designed for the holders of puts who wake up excited when it looks like they're going to have a huge payday. For example, the holders of puts last night who woke up at 5 o'clock in the morning to find the futures way down, they're licking their chops. Guess what? By 9.31, they're frantically trying to cover at a loss, or whatever time it is. It's a hypothetical. But it's not really a hypothetical. Isn't that pretty much what happened today? And by the way, this was posted before it happened. And yeah, the writing was on the wall. Other times, when it just looks like they're going to stage a rally, 20 minutes later, they're pulling the rug out. It's a trader's dream, and it should stay that way, not every single day or every week, but for several months to come. And this is important too. If you focus on the news and the talking heads, you'll be a day late and a dollar short over and over again. If you focus on the numbers, how the market works, and the charts, then you have a leg up on most everybody else. All right, that's a little soapbox stuff. Let's move it along. I want to get to the conspiracy theory. In the interest of time, what we'll do is I'll just highlight a few things. I'll scroll up. You can pause the video, read the notes, and of course, double check the work. Here's a highlight for you. So they didn't kill the market. That was the kill numbers. But if they're going to rally the market, the resistance 407.75, and if they can get above 409.50 and possibly 410.40, obviously they did a lot more than that, but this is early. You have to take it one step at a time. So right out of the gate, early in the morning, you can see the numbers were important, not necessarily right out of the chute. This was a melt-up operation, but you can see that the numbers we cited early in the morning did come into play as a range. And by the way, look where this low was in the afternoon, 407.84 against 407.75. That's pretty slick willy stuff, isn't it? It's a little taste test. Let's scroll up a little bit. We'll get the day going. Let's get you to read the notes, pause the video. You can see here 955. They're likely headed to 41035. And then as high as 41125. Listen, there are plenty of traders that will hop on the market when they see this going on. I'm not a chaser. I can't condone chasing. I understand people chase the market. That's fine. If it's in your interest to do that, that's fine. It's your money, it's your risk, you understand what you're doing, that's fine. I choose not to chase the market, it's just not my style. But I'm giving you the numbers because I know traders hopped on the tape today, obviously. So here are the numbers, this is where they're going. Let's move it along, go ahead and pause, double check the work, 412.50 right here, that's another one. I had the uh, vertical on the wrong line over there. I moved it over, so we're good. Right at the vertical is today's activity. 412.50, where does that come from? Yeah, that comes from the breakdown candle high. It's not exactly to the penny. It's rounded to 412.50. Guess what? They ran a test in the vicinity close enough of the breakdown candle high. So 
the higher they go, once they clear one hurdle, then the next hurdle, the door opens up, the next spot. So one spot had to be for 1250, but they have to get through hurdle one, hurdle two, hurdle three to get there. This is the way the market works. I'm giving it to you in pieces. That's what inside the numbers get. All right, let's move along, read the notes, pause the video, the rest of it. You know it was a melt-up operation. They went back and forth this afternoon. There is something that I do want to highlight, though, right here. And this, I don't believe, was the first time we discussed this, but this is important. So let's just look at the 11.05 post. It's still going to be all about 4.11.25. Below and the door is open for a test of 4.10 and lower. Above and the door is open for 4.12.50. Below 4.10 and the same spike of 4.09 is likely about down to 4.08.70, give or take. That's the current schematic, 4.08.70. Now, let's get our bearings again. This is now a five-minute chart, right of the verticals, today's activity. This is 11 o'clock. This post is 11.05, and I'm talking about 4.08.70. Really? There it is. This is the line, 4.08.70. This is 11 o'clock. Theoretically, a trader could have done one of two things with that information. They could have taken a short trade, or they could have bought 408.70. Either way, that would have worked. That's in theory. Now let's talk about in practice, because this was no easy day to trade. Look, they come down, they come up short of it, they rally away, they could easily go through. You don't know what's gonna happen at this point in time. Specifically, after yesterday, it's a rodeo, it's a short covering rally, it's a squeeze, it's all those things. It's a chop shop and a rodeo. So from an intraday perspective, certainly you have heightened risk on a day like today, certainly on a day like yesterday as well. What I wanna point out is that the numbers work. By the way, the concept works. What was I doing talking about 408.70 at 11 o'clock? Now read all the notes and we can find out. Let's move it along. You can pause the video, read the notes and double check the work. Here we are, 127, they picked the do it later. That was in terms of going down to 408.70. Now that they've run a test, it's our line in the sand. Closing candles below opens the door for lower stuff. Traders who purchase support need to book profit along the way. It's still a rodeo market. I think to put some of this in perspective, we should read the 1111 post. So here it is. SPY remains in a chop shop formation after the morning pivot and pullback. Morning pivot, what is that? Well, when the market's trending in a certain direction, whether it's down or whether it's up, generally speaking, at some point, whether it's 10.30 in the morning, 11 o'clock in the morning, 11.30 in the morning, at some point in time, they generally will put in a pivot and go back in the other direction or go sideways. And we know how to read the market based on whichever one they pick, but generally speaking, it's few and far between that you get a runaway market that's a all-day trending market, an all-day sucker, whether it's in the upside or the downside direction, it's more rare than not. So more often, if you're getting one of those things going on in the morning, you're going to likely get some kind of a morning pivot. That's using the 80-20 rule. 20% of the time or some number like that, you're going to get one of those all-day suckers, but they just don't happen all the time. Now, They've yet to reach down to 408.70, which is interesting. 
Why? Because below 411 and a quarter, they should. Not being able to is one of two things. Bullish because they couldn't get there or they'll do it later. That was the do it later thing. Closing candles above 41060 is a pretty good indicator they won't be back. The more time they eat off the clock above 40870, the less likely it will be support. We know how that works, but it still would be as of this post. So we're looking for 40870. They got 40870. 40870 worked, and then here's where the hourly picture went up on the board. Picture's worth 100 words. So I like to think that we want to see visuals from time to time, and this was the hourly chart. This was before they tried to break to the upside. Just a little snapshot inside my head. This is what I was looking at. And then we go into the end of the day. Obviously, you can read, double-check the work. This video is getting too long, so I'll give you a snapshot of stocks on the move. It was really Shitburger Central today. It was PAAS and FLR got taken out behind the woodshed. Here's the chart of PAAS, first number, second number. You can see they tried to make it work. They came halfway home, so that's basically a break-even, and then they fell away, so that one didn't work. And this was certainly an ugly duck. FLR was just ugly all day long. This is an all-day sucker. Couldn't catch a bid. What about Camp IWM? And by the way, from this point forward, in the interest of time, when we run through the other markets, I'm going to do it really, really quickly. Unless there's something that stands out, I'm going to speed through it because I want to get to the conspiracy theory. I already had diarrhea of the mouth. Same routine as the SPY. So they ran a test in the vicinity of the breakdown candle high from yesterday. And guess what? Also, the 100-period moving average and they haven't really done anything. So even though it looked like a nice up day, up 2%, they didn't do anything. It's just a dead cat bounce. Nothing more, nothing less. The folks down at the transportation department, a little bit more than a dead cat bounce, up over 2%. What they've done here is they've rocketed off the 20 period moving average. So there's been no change in trend, and the trend is your friend until she throws you out the second story window. The folks out in Silicon Valley, similar to the IWM. They didn't do anything. It was up less than 1%. This is a very weak market. And by the way, this plays into the conspiracy theory. Nice bounce back in the XLF. This is more like the transports. They never broke the trend. So the trend is your friend and you move it along. Smash Mouth, similar to the Qs. They didn't really do anything. They're still very, very weak. All right, now we're going to talk about the thing. So let me preface this by saying... I have no opinion, I'm just saying what it is from an analyst perspective, and I really have no ill will nor opinion of the person. So we're talking about ARK Innovation ETF. The woman that runs the fund, her name is Kathy Wood. She has gotten a tremendous amount of press over some period of time. I don't know really when she popped on the scene. Maybe it's been a few years ago, I'm not 100% sure. But she's certainly been on TV a lot. And the first thing I'll say is the more you're on TV, the harder things get. You get a lot of exposure, you attract a lot of money, and then you have a lot of stress when the market turns. So here's the point. She's under a lot of duress. She's tried to come out on TV and state her case. But at the same time, you have to realize she's obviously talking her book. She's coming up with reasons why she's correct. And when I say she's correct, meaning the stock she's picked, why it's going to continue to be a bull market, why they're going to go higher, why they're not in a correction, why her fund isn't in a correction, all that stuff. 
why inflation isn't going to be a problem, why deflation is going to be good for something or other. I think she said that the other day. There's a whole host of things that just didn't necessarily make sense to me. But that's not the point. That's not the conspiracy theory. I'm just laying the foundation. Her fund did tremendously well. Look at the weekly chart. She was the golden child. It was basically a triple from down in these areas. That's tremendous. She was getting a lot of exposure. She could do no wrong. Sometimes we forget that that's a fallacy. So the other day, I have a friend of mine that's been in the market like me for a very, very long time. We've been friends for a very, very long time. He knows exactly what I do. He watches the videos. He's an Inside the Numbers member, all this stuff. So we talk markets. He came to me with an interesting theory, whether it was yesterday, the day before, it doesn't matter. I don't remember. And he said to me, I think they're gunning for Kathy Wood. And what does that mean? Who's they and what is gunning for? Well, here's an example. So a few years back, a hedge fund manager named Bill Ackman took a position in a company called Herbalife. He got a lot of exposure. He gave a presentation about his position. His position was on the short side of Herbalife. He claimed that Herbalife was going to zero. He claimed that it was really some kind of a fictitious company. Whether that's right, wrong, or indifferent, I don't know, nor do I care. But what happened was a few big hedge funds took the other side and they squeezed them out. They sent the price soaring for weeks and months and they finally squeezed them out. Now, this friend of mine, his theory was when you look at all the stocks in the fund, they're just getting killed day after day after day. And there's a disproportionate number of stocks in her fund that are just down, even on up days, and it just looks strange. When he first told me that, I kind of took the information in, didn't say much. I thought about it for a while, and then I thought, ah, can't really be. I don't see that happening. It doesn't seem possible. What he's really saying is that a whole group of hedge funds or whoever ganged up and they decided to target certain stocks and they're shorting them, just like the Wall Street Bets guys did or guys and gals did on the other side with GameStop and AMC and some of the other stocks. There are short squeezes and there are long squeezes. I mean, as a side note, when you just look at this weekly chart, what do you see? Well, you see the same thing we discuss all the time. This is actually what happened already. This is what's happening. Where exactly is this fund headed before it finds a meaningful price or level of support? I just can't see it before 87 to 85. Call it 86 for argument's sake. Now, let's run through some charts of the stocks in the fund. Let's compare apples to apples and we'll just bring up some weekly charts. Tesla looks very similar to the fund. Teladoc looks very similar to the fund, just happens to be a little bit in front of the fund, leading the fund. And you'll notice it was down today. The market was up. A lot of stuff was up. Tesla was also down. Roku looks similar, was up a little bit today. Square killed today. Shopify killed today. You wouldn't even know the market was up if you looked at these stocks. Zoom down today. Twilio killed today. Coinbase, they reported earnings after the bell out behind the woodshed. Unity Software killed. Exact Science killed. CRISPR even. DocuSign killed. Palantir killed. There's your spot. I left it on the chart on purpose. NVTA down. 
So that's when I started looking into what's in the fund, and I looked at those stocks today, and I said, wait a minute, the market's trying to rally, everything should be at least trying to get a bid, and nothing in this fund, I shouldn't say nothing, but many of the stocks just couldn't get off the mat, and it just looked strange. Again, I don't know anything, it's just a conspiracy theory, and I thought it was one worth talking about. Just as an example, here's Microsoft, doesn't look like her fund. Intel, doesn't look great, but doesn't look like her fund. All those other stocks look just like her fund. It's really weird. Facebook doesn't look like her fund. It's not in her fund. Or if it is, I didn't see it and it's not one of the top holdings. Amazon, doesn't look like her fund. So I'm sure this will stir up some kind of conspiracy conversation and that's fine. When you seek the exposure, you have to be able to take it from both sides. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.